Matt Josephs here live at the Dominion Energy Charity Classic as uh, it's a bit of a wet one right now as we're going on. And uh, if you turn on the golf network, you can see that they are still out there on the course. And uh, we had a little bit of a little bit of a technical difficulty, so that's why we're coming on a little bit late here on the show. But, uh, yes, the Dominion Energy Charity Classic uh, going on this weekend here in Richmond, obviously over at the Richmond Country Club of uh, the Country Club of Virginia James River course. Uh, so if you are a golf fanatic and you did not realize that this weekend was the event, uh, you can come on out and uh, get some passes, some day passes, some whatever, and uh, have some fun. Obviously, today may be a little bit tough because it is a little wet and uh, dreary here, but certainly they are uh, going through with the event, and you can, as I said, watch that on uh, the Golf Channel. So um, we are here uh, at the event. We'll be doing our show until 4. Obviously, Bob is on his way to North Carolina for North Carolina A&T and Richmond, which you can hear here on 1061 ESPN. Uh, phone number is uh, 327-0888. That is the phone number. That is the text line. 804 uh, is the area code for that one. Uh, a lot to get into. Um, obviously, the Major League Baseball playoffs continue uh, today, and we've got that coming up. Uh, you've got another doubleheader today uh, with the Astros and the Rangers, uh, followed by the um, uh, Phillies and the Diamondbacks, and we are your home for Major League Baseball, 1061 ESPN. So, um, look, obviously the Diamondbacks got a victory last night. Uh, the series will not be a sweep, uh, not to uh, worry about that sort of thing. But uh, the Diamondbacks got the win last night, and, of course, the Astros got the win, so that is 2-2, so we're guaranteed at least uh, two more games in that one. Um, but that's what's going on in the Major League Baseball playoffs. And, of course, you know what we have to focus on, and it is um, last night. So, I, full disclosure, JMU went on the small TV with the sound off, and uh, the Phillies game was on the big TV with the sound on. Um, but I was watching the JMU game, and, boy, when they first came out before the game began, that Rasheen Ali, the heralded running back for Marshall, was out, as well as, I think, five other starters for Marshall – I was thrilled as a JMU fan that um, their whole offense was not exactly going to be available. And after the first quarter, I was like, hmm, maybe JMU was a little too happy. And certainly we can talk to uh, Kurt Signetti. I don't know if he'll be on next week or the week after, whatever it is. And Bob's, it's, uh, it'll be Bob's turn to have him. But I don't know if the guys got a little overconfident because, as you could tell last night, Marshall's offense without Ali is not very good. Um, but it was a great broadcast. The parts I watched at the end, once the Phillies game was over, I was watching the broadcast, and Matt Barry and Roddy Jones did a tremendous job of basically roasting the NCAA. Roasting the NCAA because JMU proved the part last night. First time on ESPN, um, you know, for James Madison in a long time, and their defense was amazing. You know, we've talked about it. Their, their rush defense is number one by like 30 yards over the next team. And once again, there'll be the people out there who will say, well, you played Marshall without Rasheen Ali. You know, you're going to do some successful things. But, my goodness, Jalen Green had five sacks last night. The, the JMU defensive line was just absolutely all over Marshall. And, and Cam Fancher, as we said, not a good quarterback. But I think what happened last night was the nation, or at least the college football world, because most people were watching that. Nobody was watching Tulsa and Rice last night. The college football world got introduced to James Madison and got introduced to the fact that this team, who is really good and is probably right now the best G5 school around, if it's if it's not Tulane, um, is not going to a bowl game, is not going to the Sun Belt Championship game, is not doing any of that sort of stuff. So I, I thought last night was a tremendous showcase. Obviously, the offense wasn't great, um, but it was good enough. 
you know, you got to give credit sometimes to the opponent. Marshall's defense is very good. Marshall's defense is one of the more underrated defenses in the country. And you got to give credit to Jordan McLeod because it felt like every time Jordan McLeod was uh, every like every drive, Jordan McLeod was on the ground or he was injured. And uh, Billy Atkins came in briefly, which I thought was interesting instead of uh, Alonzo Barnett. But um, every time I looked, Jordan McLeod was injured and still in the game. And then he's all of a sudden running for first downs. He had 69 yards rushing. And you know that the coach uh, obviously will comment on that and basically discuss the fact that James Madison's leading rusher yesterday was the quarterback. Um, Lawton had 35 yards on 11 carries. Kalon Black had 16 carries for 33 yards. But, you know, this is one of those things where you look at JMU's schedule the rest of the season, and I don't know where the losses come. I don't know where the losses come. And it would be the ultimate injustice and the ultimate failure by the NCAA if you have a 12-0 and team that's not going to a New Year's Six ball. And, and there was a good point brought up last night. That it's not just JMU who gets hurt. It's the Sun Belt who gets hurt. Because if JMU makes this New Year's Six Bowl, the conference makes loads of money. Absolutely a ton of money. And so you sit there and, and you, so not only are you doing this to the kids, but you're doing this to Keith Gill. And I said on Twitter last night, and I know they can't do it, that Keith Gill should basically say, screw you to the NCAA, and if JMU wins the East, they should still have the, tournament, the uh, championship game with JMU in the game and not the other team. Like, that would be the ultimate, you know, screw you to the NCAA. I know they would never do it. The Sun Belt's not exactly ready to play heel in the in the college football world, but it's just one of those things where it's like you watch that game last night and you're like, you know, is JMU going to beat whoever would probably be their New Year's Six opponent? No, but they would certainly play very well, and it would be a nice showcase for the Sun Belt. And so they get a couple extra days off. They have the Royal Rivalry coming up on Saturday the 28th as they host Old Dominion. And then they play at Georgia State. And then they host UConn and App State before Coastal Carolina on the road. The NCAA should be rooting hard for the Dukes to lose not just one game, maybe even two games. Because last night, JMU showed that it belonged. As a, JMU has a road win over an ACC program. Now, we won't say that the ACC program's any good. It's not like it's a great, but it's a Power 5 road win, and they got it. And so I thought it was great last night. They did everything they were supposed to. They won the game. The broadcasters um, they excessively talked about it and made sure that the listeners, who probably don't know very much about JMU, um, they made sure that they understood the plight of the Dukes. And so I thought it was great. I, I thought it was absolutely wonderful here. And if you know next week when we do the power rankings once again, JMU's still going to be number one. Uh, and it's probably going to be a further distance. Uh, I know Liberty is still undefeated, but, like, Liberty has essentially played Thomas Dale High School and Powhatan and Highland Springs. Like, they've essentially played a high school schedule. Uh, we'll see what Liberty does next week against uh, Western Kentucky. Um, 3270-888, that is the phone number. That is the text line for the show. 804 is the area code if you want to text in, call in, give us your thoughts on the weekend slate. Uh, if you want to give us your thoughts on... Anything going on uh, this weekend, whether it's the NFL, whether it's college football, we'll give you our thoughts on that. And we may have Tim Murray. I may uh, uh, give him a call, see if he will uh, join us, uh, see if we can hook him up. So let's take a timeout live from the Dominion Energy Charity Classic at um, the Country Club of Virginia, the James River Course. You're listening to 1061 ESPN. In a second straight playoff appearance out of the CAA. Follow them on their quest every step of the way. Here on your home for the Richmond Spiders, 1061 ESPN. Welcome back. 
1061 ESPN Matt Joseph's here at the Dominion Energy Charity Classic here at the Country Club of Virginia James River Course. You can see it on uh, TV as they have uh, continued to play uh, through a little bit of rain here in the uh, capital city. And uh, we'll certainly keep you posted. And you can come on out and get your passes and, and uh, check out some uh, some senior tour golf. Uh, all right, it's uh, it's 3.30. It's past his time. 3.38, it's past his time. But he's been a good sport as we uh, dealt with our technical issues. You can check him out on VSIN primetime, 6 to 9 p.m. Eastern time. His Twitter is at one Tim Murray. Tim, what's going on? Matt, what's happening, brother? Always appreciate uh, you having me on. Yeah, no problem. Before we get to the future stuff, uh, how about them Dukes last night? Another victory for James Madison. Yeah, incredible, man. Uh, I uh, I will raise my hand. I thought it was a bad spot for the Dukes. I took some points with Marshall, and uh, I was dead wrong. Marshall had a couple injuries, but you know this James Madison team. You know, all credit to. Uh, you know, Coach Signetti and, and everyone on that roster. McLeod gets banged up. He's war. He's a battler. You know, through it. So, uh, heck of a performance last night. I thought it was a very tricky spot for them to go on the road. Short week to play Marshall, uh, even with injuries. I thought the defense was incredibly dominant uh, in that game. Marshall never had a shot. Uh, and uh, I'll be honest. You know, I, while I had a this is a, a lesson to some people out there. While you may have had a bad pre-flop bet, you can get off of it because I think a couple possessions in, Matt, I go, there's no way these teams are, are scoring a ton of points. So I took an under position and uh, was able to uh, mitigate my losses. But, uh, you know, shout out to JMU. And, uh, you know, I'm sure you've talked about it. We've talked about it ourselves. I've tweeted about it. Uh, let's just hope for some five and seven or n not enough six and six teams because it would be criminal if JMU doesn't get to a bowl game. Uh, yeah, that's for sure. And it's criminal that, unfortunately, all the best state schools are pl uh, have already played Liberty and James Madison. So I'll ask you, even though they're two games that are not on the board, for a lot of people probably, Virginia, massive underdog at North Carolina. ODU coming off the bye week hosting App State. That game on the NFL Network, by the way. Any interest or anything on either of those two? You know, the Virginia one intrigues me a little bit. Um, you know, there's, they're a 24-point underdog. I think everybody assumes that North Carolina is just going to go in and absolutely pulverize, you know, this Virginia team. Um, you know, you're coming off a bye, so a little extra time to prepare. Uh, UNC just had a, a really important game against Miami. Uh, Drake May is, is very much in the, uh, in the Heisman conversation, so... You could potentially intrigue me uh, on Virginia plus the 24. Um, you know, I like to compare lines and, you know, DraftKings and, and some other shops are at 24, while Circa, thought to be one of the sharper, if not the sharpest college football shop, is down at 23. So that would be a real hold-your-nose special for me uh, with, with, with UNC there. But, you know, you know me. I'm, I'm a big letdown kind of type of guy. Um, so I, I think that could be a potential spot, but I have not gotten to the window yet. It would be Virginia or pass personally on uh, that particular spot there as they're catching 24. All right. Uh, give us one or two games that you like for tomorrow. Yeah, it's funny. You know, Matt, uh, I'm a big dog better, right? I, I love betting on the dogs, but a couple of the favorites are kind of popping out to me this week. Um, I'm going to lay seven with USC. Uh, I know that's uh, a risky proposition. Um, they're playing Utah. Uh, you got double revenge on the mind of USC after losing both games last last year, and their only two regular season losses were to Utah in the regular season, 43-42, and then in the playoff, or excuse me, in the Pac-12 championship game, which if USC had won, uh, they would have probably headed to the college football playoff. 
And then you had last week just an absolute disaster uh, by this USC team going on the road to, to South Bend, uh, turning the ball over five times, losing by four touchdowns. And I, I'm always a you know big believer of you know can this team can a team bounce back from their lowest moment? And and more often than not. You know, maybe this was the wake-up call that USC needed. I'm not a believer in USC to, to win this conference, Matt, by any stretch of the imagination. But let's be real with Utah. While they are with just one loss, you know, this is a team that's offense is dormant. Now, they have a pretty strong defense, but are they going to be strong enough to slow down Caleb Williams the entire game? I don't think so, especially I think this is a motivated Caleb Williams spot. So, while it's risky to, to lay a touchdown with USC, I like them at home. Not that it's a vaunted you know environment by any stretch of the imagination, but uh, I'm going to lay the seven with USC there. Uh, I'm going to take you know I'm going to take a page out of uh, out of your book, and we'll see if uh, see if it, it comes on home. I'm going to take a team total, a team total under on Duke, Florida State hosting Duke. I really, really don't believe Riley Leonard will be back. Uh, a couple things that jumped out to me, Matt, regarding Riley Leonard's health. Number one, Mike Elko goes on his radio show, says, hey, he practiced this week, and then shortly thereafter he said, well, we're never going to put him in a situation that could potentially harm him long term. Then Pete Thamel's on the McAfee show earlier today, and he just kept reemphasizing, yeah, it's going to be a game-time decision, but... This would really be a quick return, and like subtle hints like that. A couple people I've talked to feel like it would be a shock if he comes back. So if you're looking at this Duke team, who very strong defensively, we all know that. They've played one road game this year. It was at UConn. And now you're going to Tallahassee, Dope Campbell, at night with a backup quarterback. And let's be honest, you know, think back to the Notre Dame-Duke game, Matt. Duke was inept offensively in the first half. Now, I think Notre Dame's defense is better than Florida State, but Florida State has some edge rushers that are absolute studs led by Jared Verse. So I think this is a spot where Florida State kind of wants to, you know, make a statement yet again um, and continue to strengthen their resume as they head to the college football playoff. So I did lay 13.5, and, and I laid 14 earlier this week. It's up to 14.5, so I'm not feeling super great about that. Uh, I think Duke under 16.5 team total is, is where I'll look there. And then lastly, Matt, Navy Air Force play. I mean, it's uh, it's a broken record. Armed forces playing against each other since, I think, 2006 have gone under the total 40 out of the, I think, 54 times they've played. But I'm going to take the 10 here. Uh, I took 11 earlier this week, still in double digits. I'll take the 10 with Navy. Navy scoring makes me a little bit nervous in this one, so you might want to look more towards the under. But Air Force just lost their quarterback, who was really, really good. And now they go to the backup on the road, Matt, against the Navy defense. That is solid. Not great, but solid. And these games, you know, tend to always be pretty close in margin. Uh, you know Navy's going to be up for it. It's a sold-out uh, crowd. It's going to be windy there in Annapolis. So uh, I'm going to take the 10 uh, with the mids here against Air Force. Uh, it's already on my card as Navy. Uh, it's the same thing. I mean, at double digits in a game that's 33 and a half, 34. Uh, I'll take that anytime. Uh, and a backup I certainly... quarterback, Matt. I mean, you know, I mean, the, the I'm, I'm looking, I, I'm going through my notes here. Here it is. Zach Larrier, I mean, he's he was really good this year. I mean, I was surprised 
how how you know good he was coming in and now you go to Jensen Jones who had a couple carries last week that led to fumbles um you know Navy's got their quarterback issues too but you know Braxton Woodson the freshman has has shown some flashes I mean heck if we get in the end zone once I feel like we're in pretty good shape there Matt to to get this cover yeah, that's for sure. So I I agree with you there. Anytime you get double digits in a game like that, you certainly want to uh, take it. All right, uh, NFL time. The the Commanders get the Giants. It's a game that probably no one wants to watch, but they're going to have to in some places. Um, I mean, what do you think about this one? You know, believe it or not, sharp money uh, from folks that I've talked to have actually come in on the Commanders here uh, up to up to three. So you're seeing a handful of books now at three here in Las Vegas, uh, three at DraftKings. I initially thought I would be on the Giants in this spot. Uh, we know that Tyrod Taylor is going to be the starter for the Giants with Daniel Jones sidelined. Um, but, you know, with a banged-up offensive line, you know, this you get a little bit worried because it's been ebb and flow with Washington, right? It's it's you're up and then you're down, right? You, you get a nice win and then you get destroyed by Chicago. And then you bounce back and you beat Atlanta, but you only had, you know, 190-some-odd total yards. So this is a game not on my card. But uh, I have heard uh, from a number of uh, odds makers that, you know, sharp money came in on Washington minus two and a half to get this to three. Uh, How about a game you like on Sunday? Hold your nose, ladies and gentlemen. We're back in a dude who is a quarterback at Shepherd University. Uh, I'm taking the Bears. The, the Las Vegas Raiders can't lay points on the road. I'm sorry. And I know we've, we've missed the key number of three, which, uh, you know, certainly I don't love. Um, but... I, I've taken you know the Bears and in, in the Super Contest out here in in Vegas at at plus three, and I I still am gonna you know hold my nose here in in what is an ugly game. It's gonna be Aiden O'Connell or Brian Hoyer versus Tyson Badgett, but I'm gonna take the Bears. Uh, I think they rally around Badgett in this spot. Uh, if you want to be a little more you know safe, so to speak, you know the Bears certainly I think are a very good teaser option with. You know, the total being at 37 and a half, which is incredibly low. If you want to, you know, put the Bears with uh, with Atlanta or something like that uh, with some really low totals. I think that is a, a fair look when it comes to a teaser. But uh, I'm going to look at uh, I'm going to look at the Bears here and a slight lean towards the Chargers, uh, you know, against Kansas City. I just feel like these are the types of games, Matt, that the Chargers tend to play well. Uh, probably won't win. You know, probably Brandon Staley will go for a fourth and three from his own six or something like that late in the game and, and totally mess the game up. But uh, a little lean towards the Chargers. Uh, but I, I like the Bears. Call me crazy. And I am. So uh, I bet against the Raiders last week. I took plus three with New England. And uh, that ended in horrifying fashion. So I can't wait to see how this bet loses on Sunday. Uh, I will end on this. I'm a homer, so I've got to ask you about my Eagles. Um, I, you know, obviously, Miami's been tremendous. Uh, you know, Philly is at home. The Kelly Greens, I know that doesn't come into a handicap there. Could be cold. Could be a little bit of wind. Uh, what do you think about that game Sunday night? You know, it's funny because, Matt, I, I initially thought I would be on Philadelphia here. I haven't bet this game. I, I would look a little towards Philly. Uh, I like – I'm just a big believer, and I know I sound like a broken record, in bounce backs. And it it felt like – Philadelphia was a little like USC in this regard. They were kind of just messing around and still getting the wins. And then ultimately, they finally met their match where they messed around a little bit too much against the Jets and, and ultimately you know came up on the wrong side. So I feel like they'll be a little bit more buttoned up. 
uh, you know, like you mentioned, the crowd is going to be on fire. What a week for Philadelphia uh, with the Phillies at home. Those crowds have been just electric, and now you're back at home here. So uh, you're starting to see some money come in. I'm looking at the board right now. Uh, Circa is at a juice 2.5, meaning you'd have to lay minus 115 to get that you know, price. Uh, 2.5 still pretty regularly out there. So, yeah, I, I would look at your, your boys here in this spot laying the 2.5 uh, against Miami as opposed to uh, taking it with the, with the Dolphins. Dolphins. Check out the VEASAN primetime from 6 to 9 p.m. Eastern time and follow him on Twitter at 1TimMurray. does the fantastic college football podcast as Tim. Thanks for uh, joining us. We'll talk to you again next week. All right, Matt. Talk to you, man. All right. Um, let's uh, take a timeout. We'll do one final segment, and we'll get you set for the weekend ahead. You're listening to 106.1 ESPN.